Hi there, and great to have you along with me, Cleanna Nianlon, for another podcast edition of the RTE Radio 1 Spoken Stories Independence New Fiction Collection. Spoken Stories Independence invited writers to come up with a story from a consideration of what independence might conjure up for them, where it might take them, today, a hundred years after Ireland's War of Independence. The series is a creative contribution to Ireland's Decade of Centenaries. Before we hear Wendy Erskine read her new story, Anti-Treaty Sentiment, let's hear a couple of words from her about her story. What I was wanting to look at was the whole idea of independence and looking at partition, but really examining that um, through the whole idea of popular culture, basically, um, and looking at it particularly in terms of um, TV light entertainment show. Here now is Wendy Erskine reading her new story, Anti-Treaty Sentiment. Talent shows have had their controversies over the years. Feuds and fights, accusations of racism, contestants revealed as sex offenders. The show UK OK ran for only one series. It billed itself as harder, better, cooler. No syrupy ballads or songs from the shows and everybody aged 17 to 25. The winners were a group from Peckham called Bliss 20. They released one single and then split up. Kane from the band went on to work with a US Southern rap artist while another, Driss, decided to train as a secondary school teacher. Other participants were Emer and Sophia, known as Easy. On the bus from Ballyshannon to Enniskillen, they did each other's hair into side ponytails, Emer's blonde and Zof's black. And from Enniskillen to Belfast, they did their makeup. If they ask me, I'm not going to say that this is the only thing that matters in my life, said Zof, because it's so insincere. If that was the case, why would I also be at school? I'd spent my whole day doing vocal exercises. Yeah, said Emer. But what if they want a sob story? Have you got a sob story? So thought. Well, my dad, he was in an accident at work and ended up injuring his arm and leg quite badly. He was in hospital for ages. Can't use his right arm at all, but he's in Gdansk, so maybe not a lot of point mentioning it. Yeah, it's not like it's you who can't use your right arm, Emer said. But I didn't know that about your dad. That's awful. Her soul. In Belfast, it was only a short walk round to the audition venue. They changed into their outfits in the toilets at the bus station. Emer said that her top flattened her tits too much. Zoe said that was actually all right. They were 17. The show might not want sexy schoolgirls and all that. A flattened top was fine. The hall, when they entered, smelt tropical because people were sipping the pink sugar-free drink that was sponsoring the programme. Everyone spoke loudly and overreacted. Four girls from Dungiven, in matching dresses, watched a video of themselves on a phone. On the buses back again, Emer and Zof analysed their performance of Baby by Rachel Sweet. 
too loud, too pitchy, too slow, too... Actually, we were quite good, Emer said, if I'm being honest. My hands were shaking when I was filling in the forms, though. I could hardly remember my own address. When she got home, Zof copied up all the schoolwork she'd missed. Emer's mum asked questions. Did she see Frank DiMucci? Only the top of his head and then he was gone. The judges don't really attend those auditions. Was there not anyone famous there? No. What's the programme called? Asked Granny Mags, her dad's mum. UK, OK. Granny Mags took a sip of her tea. That actually spells you cock, her brother said. You get it? U-K-O-K-U. Cock. Shut up, Emer said. You're just jealous. They got through to the pre-show stage. It was in a defunct army base about five miles from Stansted Airport. They were housed in little huts and practised in a big drafty gym where once soldiers trained. The canteen still had on the wall the regimental insignia. Go in there. They felt like pop stars, even though they were only allowed to travel with hand luggage. The lady on the phone had been very insistent about that. I feel, Emer said, that I got a kind of nearly famous glow about me now. Do I? Do I look different? Fake tan glow, Zof suggested. At the military base, there was no pink drink. Everyone congregated around the water faucet outside the gym and sometimes Zof chatted in Polish to a guy from one of the groups. Everyone liked the crowd of guys from Wolverhampton. One of them had been chucked out of the movement class for messing around. He was the guy that was having sex with Tasha, the prettiest there. Tasha said she thought Emer and Zof didn't have the best voices but that they had dope energy. That dope energy got them leaping off a wall in front of the supermarket for a photographer from the local paper. They had made it through to the next stage, live TV in London. Brown envelopes arrived in Ballyshannon with papers to be signed, forms to be completed. This time they could bring a proper suitcase because they would be there for at least two weeks. Only one week left of school, so Zof didn't mind about that. Emer's brother asked if he could move into her room. Her mum said no. In London, Emer and Zoph were in budget apartments, not far from the TV studio. They rehearsed during the day in a junior school that was due to be demolished in a few months to make way for more apartments. On the first morning, they briefly got to meet Mr Frank DiMucci. He was always dressed in black. He said that the show was going to be the hit of the summer, but it was now scheduled for a Wednesday night. That was good though, he said. Wednesday night was actually very cool. The other judges, Emery and the American guy, they wouldn't be about until the actual showtime. Frank DiMucci had a little personal outside smoking pagoda kitted out with a leather chair. There were ten contestants. Four groups, two solo singers and another duo called AK-57. The girls shared a flat with the two solo singers. 
the guy had brought his Xbox so that he could play with the friends that he had left behind. They got used to him shouting, Pick up the bag, he's behind you, get the rifle, shit, you didn't see him. The other singer, a less good-looking version of Tasha, who hadn't made it through, used to go out with a footballer. She showed them pictures of him. He had taken her to a place where there was a cocktail with real gold in it. What did it taste like? Emer asked. Nothing really, she said. She kept referring to them as the Irish sisters. They told her loads of times that they weren't, but she never remembered. The only person who ever did the dishes was Sophia. On the first Wednesday night, Emer's mum invited Zolfs to watch the programme at their house. She came but was shy and didn't eat any of the cake she brought. Emer's dad kept saying, Yookay, okay, in the booming voice that they used on the programme. Yookay, okay. He accompanied it with some quasi-gang gestures. Granny Mag said little, although she laughed with everyone else when Emer forgot the basic little dance that had been choreographed and did her own booty shake. That, as much as their punchy, brassy version of an old girl group song, got them through to the next round. The presenter, Izzy, danced around a lot at the side of the stage. Her catchphrase was, My fat looking better than your bones. A few didn't like that, said it was sizest. But people loved the way she wagged her finger at Frank DiMucci. Now watch it, mister, she would say. That week, there was a story online that Shermacki from one of the bands had only been visiting family and was actually Dutch. That was against the rules of OK UK. Jeez, who cares? Lots of people commented underneath. Shit band anyway. Drill is so boring. Or, who cares? Shermacki's a total legend. But then, in the paper, there was all about how he had come to the UK at 11 years of age. Sure, he had lived in Holland for a bit, but there he was at the primary school in England, in the football team. At the offices of the production company, a woman said, I did point out at the time that we needed to be clear on all of this. Do you remember? Not really, the man replied. Well, at least everyone else is English. AK-57 or Welsh. English, Welsh, same difference. Mm, Yeah, he said, and then there's the girls from Belfast. They are from Belfast, aren't they? The woman consulted her laptop. Danny Gall, she said. Where actually is that? They looked at Google Maps and saw that it was at the top of Ireland. Well, it's nowhere near the south, she said, so all good to go. Anyway, I wouldn't worry too much. They'll be out soon. Doubt they'll last another week. The following Wednesday night, Emer's family went round to Zolf's mum's spruce little house. Emer's mum complained that they hadn't heard from their daughter in days. Never applies to any texts, too busy chasing the fellas. 
Zulf's mom didn't say that Zulf texted three, four times a day. The television was much smaller in Zulf's mom's place. The set this week was Union Jacks, composed of what looked like distressed denim. Don't think much of that, said Granny Mags, nodding in the direction of the distressed denim. Emer's dad sighed. Don't know if anyone here remembers jam shoes. If you were a mod like I was, you wanted jam shoes, but they were red, white and blue. Mod style, the who style. But then McManus's started selling them in green, white and orange, so that's what we wore. Sad in some ways. They sound nice, Soph's mum said. Colourful. Get the girls wearing those shoes next week, said Granny Mags. The girls sang quite well, heartfelt and throaty, on top of precise electro. After the applause, Izzy said to Emer, Babes, you're only a teenager, so how come you sing with such feeling? I just think about my dog, Emer replied. Back in Ballyshannon, her mum said, True, she loved that dog, cried for days when it was killed. That comment saw them through to the next week. After the show, Cian from Bliss 20 said to Emer as he tucked her hair behind her ear, That how you sing with such feeling? You only ever thinking about a dog? Course not, she laughed, but that's our business. During the week, Emer and Zof were trying to get a vocal blend right when they got the message that there was a car waiting for them outside to take them to the production company office. But look at the state of us, Zof said. They were in sweatpants and Emer's hair was tied up with a pair of knickers. Quick, where's my foundation brush? The office of the production company was clinical white. The woman said, Emer, Sophia, lovely you could make it. Come on through, sorry to keep you waiting. In another white room, the woman said smoothly, We're sorry to have to bring you here, but there's a little bit of a problem in that, well, we are going to have to make this week your last week on the show. No way. Yes, I mean, you have done so well getting this far. It's exceptional. But our predictions are modelling based on previous week's voting would suggest that this would be your final week anyway. Seriously? Yes, seriously. Thing is, there were people we didn't allow in the show because they weren't from the UK. And so that means we can't have you girls, you Irish girls, continue on OK UK. But we auditioned in Belfast, Emer said. Belfast is in the UK. But half the people in Belfast would say they were Irish. They might well say they're Irish, but they live in the UK. Zafia came in. It's still the island of Ireland, whether it's north or south. Mr. Demucci floated into the room. He smelt of smoke and money. Girls, 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 he said. 
What can I say? This is such a disappointment, such a disappointment. But I know you don't need this because you are, in fact, bigger than this show. The people of Ireland are so proud of you. And you know what I'm going to do? For your big finale, I am going to bring over your family's five-star treatment all the way. My mum might not be able to get time off work, Zove said. Frank DiMucci's expression suggested that such a thing was a triviality, easily sorted out. A press release was issued saying it was the girls' last week on the show. The tone was celebratory. They had been brought to a wider audience and were the pride of Ireland. On the morning the release went out, a large fashion chain had gone into voluntary liquidation, meaning the loss of several thousand jobs. There had been a terrorist attack in Dusseldorf. But, even so, the girls' departure was mentioned on BBC Radio Ulster in a discussion programme by a young man who had written a book on the Irish Boundary Commission. A newspaper in England ran an online article about Donegal and its ethnic profile. There was an interview with two Lithuanian men in their 20s who were working in a food processing factory just across in the north. Why not make it just a girl's trip, Emer's dad said, when he heard about the offer from Frank Demucci. I'll just watch it on the telly. I'll leave it to the three amigos. When they, the two mothers and Granny Mags, arrived at the airport, there was a limousine driver waiting for them with a board saying UK OK. But the way he had written the U with the marker, it joined at the top. It said OK, OK. That's an improvement, said Granny Mags, pointing at it. He took their three bags and the mums giggled at the gallantry. When the car left them at the hotel, they couldn't believe that they had separate rooms. I would have thought that at least you and I would have to share, Emer's mum said to Granny Mags. But let's all drink a mini wine from the mini bar. Let's all have one. Let's rock the mini bars. There's really no need to get on so giddy and immature, Granny Mags said. Are you not even going to change? What I am wearing is perfectly respectable, Granny Mags replied. She straightened her scarf, ran her fingers round the waistband of her skirt. And all the previous afternoon she had sat in a hairdresser's, getting a tint and a roller set. Well, this is what I'm wearing, Emer's mum said, as she shook out a psychedelic sequined dress slashed across the chest. You don't think it's too young for me, do you? No said Soph's mum. Granny Mags didn't reply. Just wish I'd brought a better bra with me. She turned one way and then the other in the mirror. Zofia, Zofia's mum began. Zofia was saying that they will probably speak to us, interview us. I would just like to say that I do not want to speak. I don't feel confident. Well, I certainly won't be speaking, said Granny Mags. They should think themselves lucky I'm here at all, never mind speaking. Leave it to me, Emer's mum said. Are you ladies not finishing these bottles? And these other ones are tiny enough to fit in your handbag. 
On the TV, the studio had a spangled beauty, but being there revealed peeling duct tape on the ground and black ripped curtains. It was much smaller. The distressed denim Union Jack set had been replaced by a graphic representation of squiggles, which represented different parts of the UK coastline. The three amigos were in the front row. Before the show, a moderately amusing woman told jokes, and then a guy came on to tell them to make some noise. He shouted out the names of various areas in London, and sections of the crowd hollered back. Music started blasting and lights twirled, throwing kaleidoscopic patterns. People started to dance and sections of the crowd appeared on the screen. Zolf's mum's dainty movements. Emer's mum with her hands in the air. Granny Mags sitting down. People screamed when the judges came out to a fanfare of brass. There was a large crowd of supporters of Bliss 20. After they performed, Emery and the American guy said that they thought they'd been better the week before and there were howls of derision. The boy who spent his time on the Xbox had got really good, minimal and profound. It was hard to reconcile with, pick up the rifle, I said, pick up the rifle. When the girls appeared, they sang the song they had sung the first week and got a standing ovation. Frank DiMucci said that they were among the nicest people he had ever worked with. And, sure enough, as he expected, Izzy was making her way down to the front row where the three women were sitting. When she was up close, she looked even more incredible. False eyelashes batting, beads of perspiration on her upper lip. Izzy tossed her hair. Well, she said, you must be so proud of your easy girls. The lights were so bright. Zoe's mum nodded. Yes. She moved the microphone to Emer's mother, who opened her mouth as if to speak, but just as she was trying to get her words, Izzy passed on to Granny Mags. Sad they have to go, in it though. Granny Mags, with the newly set hair, blinked her eyes. Sad they have to go, in it. Granny Mags paused. Well, sad for the girls. Sad, yes. But she continued. They aren't from the UK, though, thankfully. No part of Ireland should be in the UK. Our family, Emer's family, if you go back in time, were anti-treaty. Every last one of them. There should never have been partition. Independence for all, not just some. The North was sold out by Southern cowards. True Irish men abandoned. The camera cut to Izzy and her big grin. Okay, so for the voting tonight, these are the numbers. And then there was Izzy, Imer and Sophia, waving from the stage, waving goodbye to UK OK. In Ballyshannon, Emer's dad was laughing, shaking his head, opening another tin of beer.
There you heard writer Wendy Erskine read for us her story, Anti-Treaty Sentiment, specially written for Spoken Stories Independence. Next time, an authentic conversation by Jan Goe and read for us by Ashley Shear. Enjoy all the new fiction featured on Spoken Stories Independence wherever you get your podcast on rte.ie forward slash culture and on the Spoken Stories website. From me, Cleon and Ian Lune, thank you for listening.